If you're looking at starting a consulting business, how ready are you for high-end clients? This week's episode is all about setting yourself up for success, as well as the tangible setting up operationally, providing you with achievable steps in 14 weeks. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello and welcome. This week's episode is all about setting yourself up for success, both operationally and practically, providing you with achievable steps in 14 weeks. So if you're looking at starting a consulting business, how ready are you for getting clients in? How clear is your unique offer to the marketplace? What will you do to get the message out that you're in business? How will things run? So these are a lot of the questions I get from business startups, and we just spend a lot of time helping people to put together a clear business plan that starts with your vision and then moves through to the more tangible aspects of business and to put forward also a cash flow forecast so that you can see how it's going to develop over time because you don't hit the ground running, even in a consulting business where it's not about products, it's about um, building up a gradual client base. Many professional experts starting a consulting business or a coaching business, whether as solopreneurs or starting up with a small partnership team, they dream about making it big and landing six-figure clients. A lot of people think that it's, um, you know, this, this dream job of being able to work when you want, be your own boss. And of course, that is the ultimate plan. But there's quite a bit of work that has to go into getting business booming, getting clients flooding in. And so that sort of money worries isn't something that's chasing you continuously. All of that is certainly within your reach. You have the expertise, you have the track record, perhaps testimonials from satisfied clients. As a professional in your field, you undoubtedly understand what high-end clients want and expect when they hire consultants and coaches. You're good at what you do, so drive your vision, own your worth, and claim your success. That's my mantra. But you know what? If you don't set about starting a consulting business by planning out strategically so your brand message is clear and your offer compelling, no one will know what you can do for them. And if you're not able to actually persuade potential clients you can deliver on your promises, they will just walk down the road, literally or digitally, to your nearest competitor. Now, whether or not you're just literally starting out or if you're actually looking to move towards higher end clients, um, certainly if you're hoping to attract high end clients, you'll have to put in some work to determine if you're ready to up level your performance. If you're already established and looking at going back to basics, you can look at this as a business makeover. Make the right impression on your target audience and you can compete alongside the big players in the consulting industry. 
You need to assess whether your current products or services um, or programs are ready for high-end clients. You need to look at how to differentiate yourself in the marketplace, ensure what you offer shows great value for money in terms of the result that you give people, identify your ideal client characteristics, and then craft some irresistible messaging and use marketing strategies that work for your specific target audience. If you're ready to kickstart and or up-level your business to attract your most ideal and high-end clients, let's get started. This 14-week business startup plan will help you if you are, one, thinking about starting a business, two, have one or more ideas for a business, three, just started a business, four, started a business in the last year, five, looking to grow an existing business, or six, looking to exit a business and start a new one. So we're going to go through each week, um, week one, week two, week three, and I'll just give you the title to start with, um, really, because I think it's important to just have that clarity, to just have that outline. And then we'll look at implementing the plan. So here we go. Week one, make time for success. Get your schedule and get ready. Week two, discovering your purpose, value, expertise, and market research. This is like some of the foundation work that we talked about in the previous episode. Week three is about lasering in on your perfect niche and competition and understanding how you can differentiate yourself. Week four is moving towards branding and connecting with that niche market through a core concept. So thinking about what is the one thing that you want to be known for. Week five is then more practical about getting the right tools for the job in hand. Week six, um, you start to plan and create what we call a free giveaway because this is what's going to magnetize people into your world. Week seven, then we connect up your marketing funnel. And we'll do some episodes in the future about what that might look like and how it would work and how to keep it simple, at least to start with. Week eight, how to use social media in the right way for your brand so that it actually talks to the right people in the right places in the right way. Week nine is about becoming an authority in your niche and their content is king. Okay, so we're two months in and week 10 is where you're going to start dominating your niche by creating um, a blog and writing articles or even starting a podcast. Week 11 is thinking about how you could add in multiple streams of income. So although you've got your one concept and maybe you've got one way in which you deliver the result to the client, uh, how else might you deliver that or what else might you deliver? Week 12 is about attracting hot prospects and building your list. Um, So it's about getting your marketing and sales game plan um, in place um, so that you have a a pathway and a process, which leads into week 13, which is about client and customer conversion. And so you're really looking at um, making sure that you know how to track everything so you can see where the profit lies and where the weaknesses in your process um, are to be found. And then week 14 is really a roundup where you start thinking about maybe the next 90 days where you could put some automation in place to support your marketing and implementing systems and possibly even a team, um, a small team into your business. 
Now, if you take week one as week zero preparation, this is essentially a 90-day, three-month plan, which I talked about in episode five, as I said. So it's a good solid time frame, I think, for getting something very tangible achieved. So let's now turn to implementing the plan. So we've got quite a long list of things, and but at least it's step by step. So I think it makes it seem more um, achievable, more realistic. When you think about the highest earning consultants, coaches or other expert professionals, and I'm even including the big firms in that, what comes to mind for you? Is it about track record? Is it about having a good client bank? Um, Is it experience, um, specific expertise or even charisma? I mean, these are often at the top of the list. But would it surprise you to know that those are not the most important characteristics? In fact, while those things do help attract and keep clients, there's one thing that is absolutely critical to their success. And you hear about this in a lot of uh, books and interviews um, and talks and presentations, and it's something you can't even see. What is it? It's mindset. Totally true. And I know I probably kicked off this podcast a while ago saying, you know, mindset is just talked about so much as if it's the only thing. Well, it's not the only thing, but it is absolutely critical thing. So it's totally true that in everything you do, whether in business or in life, you must know this in your heart of hearts, that your mindset is the determining factor when it comes to your success. Um, Unless you're incredibly thick skinned and just sort of you know, (laughs) plunge your head with everything without sort of too much reflection, then we tend, I think, as entrepreneurs, as um, ambitious people, we tend to question everything, question ourselves, Uh, doubt creeps in, we've got things like imposter syndrome, there's a whole load of things that um, really can hold you back if you don't get a a handle on it, and you don't understand that these things um, are a factor in your success. So your business plans are no different. And I've seen it time and again. I can give you this 14 week plan. Um, and it might vary depending on who you talk to as to whether it's the right plan and the right order, but not everyone will succeed with a plan, even a tried and tested plan. And not because the plan isn't good, but because the right mindset isn't driving it forward. Now, I'm a big fan of James Wedmore's Mind Your Business podcast because his insights on mindset are so helpful to the growth and success of my own business. And it's interesting because although you might say, well, he's one of these sort of super gurus, earnings of eight figures or whatever, um, what does he know? Um, But actually, I think because he's come up the ranks and he's had some of the failures and the setbacks, um, he does still keep very much in tune with with what made the biggest difference for him um, rather than thinking, well, everyone should be able to do it like me. And I know all this talk about mindset may sound a bit fluffy to you, and it certainly um, did a little bit and does still a little bit sometimes. If you work in a very deductive and analytical field, then it's, it's really hard to kind of get a grasp on it. But I can tell you that implementing your vision and your 14-week plan rests on you being in the driving seat. You're the captain of this of this ship and, and the journey that you're on. So you need to be fully on board in your, in your mental health and in your thinking with the strategy. Your belief has to be unwavering, well, at least mostly. <laughs> 
if your mindset is wobbly, you will forever be attracting and working with clients who, while deserving and lovely, are less than your ideal. And when it comes to their ability to do what's needed to work effectively with you, or indeed their ability to pay what you're worth, um, you're going to struggle. So before you can realize your dreams of six-figure clients or even four or five-figure clients, you have to do this internal work. So because I've been through this as well, like I was just talking about with James, I'm challenging you to make some changes to your own way of thinking and understanding of certain elements of marketing, sales and service delivery so that they're more in line with what the top earners in your industry already do and how they behave and how they they teach themselves how to sort of feel about things. And this idea of positivity and affirmations, it has to be backed up with actions. So to help you with implementing this plan, what I wanted to give you are three shifts that you might need to make to help ensure you get your plan implemented effectively. Okay, so here we go. Number one, the power of a great attitude. One thing charismatic people have in common is a good attitude. Think about it. You'll never see me complaining about how the kids are sick again or that the satellite repair guy is 40 minutes late or even that the car blew a tire. More than just being personable, whinging about stuff like that, majoring in the minors, so to speak, it's just a waste of energy. And I like to protect my energy. Instead, look at successful professionals around you and you'll notice in the majority of cases, they express positivity and gratitude in just about everything. If the kids are sick, they're grateful to have a business that allows them to stay home and play nurse. If the satellite guy is late, they're grateful to have an extra 40 minutes to read a book instead of watch television. And if the car died in the middle of running a week's worth of errands, they're happy to have found a mechanic who does great work at a reasonable price. If you think about it, there's always a positive to be found in every niggly thing that happens. And thinking in gratitude terms really does help your business energy rather than negative whinging that hinders your energy and productivity. Now, I've tested this out and it's absolutely true. Um, And it's a little bit of brain training, you know, because I think certainly as Brits, we like to moan and complain, especially about the weather. Um, But it is a a matter of um, it can totally turn your your day around if you suddenly kind of switch your thinking from being frustrated and negative to seeing the positive. And that, that shift in energy is really quite noticeable. So if you find yourself complaining, even in your head, turn your attitude around. There's nearly always something to be grateful for, even in the worst situations. And when you can rethink and revise your attitude for the better, you'll not only be happier, but you'll attract a better audience too. So number two is about growing your confidence. Now, here's something else top end coaches have in common, and that's confidence. They believe in what they do. They believe in their ability to help others achieve the same thing. They walk on stage or join a webinar filled with the knowledge that what they're about to say will change the lives of those who are listening. And for me, it it links really back to being really clear about what who you are and what you stand for and doing that internal work we talked about Um It's not about being cocky or arrogant. It's just self-assured and confident. And if you don't have it yet, you can take steps to increase it. 
So um, first of all, obviously, that work on the foundations and being really clear about what you're good at and what you can deliver in terms of, of client work. But also start by asking yourself that in any new or comfortable uh, situation, what's the worst that could happen? Because of those worst case scenarios, um, you can resolve what you have control over and let the rest go. So if you've agreed to speak, in, say, in front of a small group of business owners and your fear is that you'll flub your speech, practicing beforehand will greatly improve your confidence. So it's a kind of a mitigating action that you're looking for. Next, get inside the head of someone who is confident in what you're about to do. Walk onto that stage as if you're uh, as if you've been doing it for years and you probably have. Um, so it's really just revisiting some of that. So not only will you feel more confident, you'll also be more confident. You can use the as if attitude in everything from creating a new product to closing a sale. Whenever you feel your confidence failing, just remember to act as if you've done this successfully hundreds of times. And as I say, to be honest, if you're, you know, from a professional field, you probably have. We just need to remind ourselves of this quite uh, a few times sometimes because maybe we're taking that expertise into a new um digital format into a new way of of talking about it or into a new media channel if you like so just like how the person you're talking to on the phone can hear a smile in your voice your potential clients can sense your mindset and if it's not up to the standards of the top earners in your niche you'll struggle to make the sale so work on your attitude and confidence levels and watch your income soar Number three um, links to that is about building your credibility because especially online these days, your credibility is worth mega bucks to your business. The Merriam-Webster dictionary defines credibility as the quality or power of inspiring belief. I, I really like that. And almost all new consultants believe that the quickest way to gain credibility in the marketplace is to put up a professional looking website and get your credentials, aka CV, in order. Well, this is partly useful, but really in order to get potential clients to see your credibility in a way that wakes in a way that makes them want to work with you or sign up for your service or program, they really have to understand how you can help them and, and believe that you can. So that comes back to copy, which you talked about in a previous uh, episode briefly. Um, we'll do an episode on copywriting and hopefully get a fantastic guest on, someone I know who is top of her game in this area. The, the lack of authority status is actually the downfall of so many new consultants because they simply do not understand the importance of doing the groundwork necessary to establish their credibility before attempting to engage with prospective clients. So it's all about laying strong foundations. I keep coming back to this. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but really your attitude, confidence and credibility, all three we've just discussed, go hand in hand. They go together really, really well and each builds on the other. They aren't just important. They're vital in the world of consulting and coaching too. The very competitive nature of the professional services industry is coupled with um, a growing perception, really, that consulting is just a, a commodity, um, that there's a, a growing skepticism as well about the return on investment. So when you take all of that together, 
It really means that you you can't just hand out a business card or talk about your great deal and rely on blind trust to win the client. Although you may do some networking and appointments to sit down and discuss things with a potential client, you need to have some authority status to back it up. And that usually shows up in your digital presence. Since much of your prospective clients' research on you will be done online, you need to make sure your digital presence is telling the story you want. Face-to-face, you get a vibe about someone, right? And we often make very instinctive decisions, even if we back it up with with logic and, and evidence and facts. You make a judgment about the fit. But nowadays, there's a lot that goes on before a client meets you, whether that's in an office or online via Zoom. You need to find a way to build rapport online, but your profile and your marketing need to speak to your most ideal client's needs and resonate with what they're looking for. So those things sit around your authority status as well. So there's kind of a lot of layers going on here. The only real way we have to judge the authenticity of others is by what they say about themselves, what others say about them, and how valid, credible and reliable the information is that they publish on their websites or in blog articles, forum posts, podcasts or videos they share. From the client's point of view, credibility is all that really matters when you get down to the nitty gritty of sales and marketing. You may well have created an awesome offer that you've packaged in the best way possible and have a top draw sales letter. And it can still get passed by without a second glance by potential high end clients. Why? Simply because there's no credibility behind it. These new consultants and coaches have very little online content. They don't have LinkedIn connections and think Facebook, Instagram and the like are a waste of time. We talked about this a little bit in my interview with Andy Laparta and, you know, he was saying the same, that really you ignore these social media platforms at your own peril um, in terms of the leverage that you can get from building and nurturing professional relationships. So, I mean, think about it. Would you do business with someone that you can't find out much about online? So the, the, the next reason why the 14 week plan is in the order that it is and why there's things in there that you need to do is about the price of experience. Um, If you think about credibility like this, um, would you personally hire a coach who had a lot of references and plenty of experience? Or would you prefer to go with someone who will be coaching for the first time and has no track record that you can check to take care of your business challenges? Wait, don't decide just yet. Let's say that the coach with the references and the experience charges twice as much as the experienced, inexperienced coach. Hmm, you'd probably still opt for the experienced one, right? Okay, so now let's say that the coach with no experience as a paid coach has been reading everything he could about coaching and has taken business courses. This inexperienced coach doesn't have client references as such, but they do have letters from prominent people stating that they are insightful, a good listener and a reliable person. Perhaps the more inexperienced coach has written a few good LinkedIn articles or guest blog posts, or you heard them on a podcast. And they sound like they know about the kind of challenges you're facing right now. Remember, the inexperienced one charges a lot less. Now the choices are getting a lot more even. 
At this point, you might remember how hard it was for you to get your first job and your first consulting client if you're not starting from scratch. And because this person has taken the steps to gain credibility by reading, taking courses and writing articles or doing guest interviews, you decide to give him a shot. Now, I know the above example is a bit out there, but very much representative of the way business works these days. The world is full of experienced consultants and coaches who have a great many references and clients don't always choose the cheapest. So we've got a 14 week plan. What's our next steps? Starting a consulting business, new kids on the block have a great shot at breaking into the market despite their lack of references and testimonials. Getting clients um, is possible if you're willing to put in the effort to lay good foundations. Uh, I told you I keep coming back to this. I mean, in summary, what this means is working on your mindset, establishing confidence and credibility in what you can do, and building an online presence that showcases it. Then the most stressful decision in starting a consulting business for you then is what you will charge. Strong foundations enable you to build big. This is why my 14-week plan for starting a business is set out the way it is. The full planner is one of the many resources available free to members inside the iSuccess Business Academy. There's a link in the show notes that you can explore um, a little more um, if that's something that would be of value to you. So that's it for this episode. I hope that you've got lots of insights out of that and can start to think about your plan in a very structured way. Now, next week, I've got a very special guest on and we're going to be talking about happiness and how to leverage your inner mind to get it. So until then, take care. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.